Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to 2022. I'm so glad that you're joining with us here this morning, really as we kick off a brand new series called Back to Basics. But before we jump into that, I actually just wanna orient you a little bit to where we are at as Bethany and where we are going as Bethany, that whenever we start a new year, I think it's wise to actually reflect for a little bit on who we are, where we have been, and also where we are going. So I wanna talk briefly about that. That first, who are we as Bethany Community Church? That who we are is a church that is totally sold out on the values of grace, vulnerability, and discipleship. That this is really who we are. That first, we are a grace-first church. This is because we are uh, following God, who is always a grace-first God. He always takes the first step towards us. So grace here at Bethany matters immeasurably. We also really believe in the importance of vulnerability. That as Jesus Christ himself says that the kingdom of God is found among you, what he's talking about is relationships. And for relationships to actually work, for they to be full and meaningful, there needs to be vulnerability. So we believe in the values of grace, of vulnerability, but also in discipleship, of actually doing the hard things that Jesus asks us to do, right? Whether that's to forgive, whether that's to reach out, whether that's to follow him, we believe in doing the hard right things to follow Jesus Christ. This is who we are. We are a church that is centered on the values of grace, vulnerability, and discipleship. And then what we believe in and what we are seeking to do is really to change the world starting right here in Niagara. This is our mission. This is our vision. This is what God has given to us, that we want to both be changed by Jesus and then also to join Jesus in changing the lives around us because Jesus Christ is alive. There is good news and hope for the world and we get to be a part of that. So who are we as Bethany? We are a church that's seeking to change the world starting right here in Niagara through those values of grace, vulnerability, and discipleship. And then where have we been? Well, obviously, I think this is true for all of us. In 2021, it was a difficult year. It was a difficult year for so many of us. It impacted us all in various different ways, right? Relationships were strained. Everything was much more difficult than it always had been. And it just wasn't an easy year, I don't think for anyone. So we experienced that here at the church as well. We've had lots of people come and some people go. We've had changes and shifts that if I were to describe the last year for our church, the way I would describe it actually was a year of sifting and really revealing. I think that's what it was. It was a year of really sifting and revealing, revealing of who we are and where we are going. And there is always a challenge and a temptation. There is always a challenge and a temptation in any difficult season. And certainly 2021 was a difficult season to actually lose your focus. But I'm really proud to say that our church didn't that we remain true to who we are and to our values and who God is calling us to be. And that I can tell you personally, personally, I am more committed to this church than ever before, that I believe in what God is doing here in and through you, and that I believe in you and the importance of community and family and values that we have here, that I'm actually really, really excited for this new year, that I know we've been through a difficult season, but if you wanna know where I think we are going, I believe that we are going into what God has for us, that there are new things in store for us. Because I won't speak for you. I won't speak for you, but I'll just speak for me. That I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of just tired of all the difficulty that was going on, and I'm really ready and expecting to move forward and anticipating what God has for us. That I actually believe that 2022 will be a year where we see God move in our lives more than ever. This is what I am anticipating. This is what I'm looking forward to. That as I've been praying over this year and praying into this year and asking God, what do you have for our church? Knowing who we are and that we've been through a difficult season, we all have, then what do you have for us? This is the verse that he has really been laying on my heart over the past few weeks and it's from Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, 19, we, God says this, For see, I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? 
Or as Eugene Peterson beautifully captures it in his translation, be alert, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? I think this, this is what God has for us in 2022. He has for us something new that he has already begun. He is already moving in our midst and he is calling us into something new with him. Because I think the real temptation and danger of 2021 is that all the stuff that we went through, there was such a temptation to focus inward. But I believe that 2022 is a year to be focusing on God and what he is doing and his movement and where he is taking us, that he has started a brand new thing and that we get to be a part of it. So who are we? Where have we been and where we are going? We are a church that believes deeply in the values of grace, vulnerability, and discipleship, that believes in our mission to change the world starting here in Niagara. And we've been through a difficult season, all of us have. But I believe that 2022 is the year to see God doing a brand new thing in our community, in the world around us, and that we get to join with him and what he is doing. That as the prophet Isaiah says, for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? This, this is what I believe God is calling us into for 2022. The question then is, is that if God is doing a new thing, and I believe he is, he is moving, he is active, he has something in store for us, that if God is doing a new thing, how do we find it? How do we see it? How do we anticipate it? How do we join God in what he is doing? And for that, for that to happen, I think what we need, I think what we need is to go back to basics, which is really what this series is all about. That if, if you ever want to grow and mature and move to the next level in anything, what we need to always do is actually to go back to the foundations, to the essentials, to the basics. So if you're a musician and you want to grow, that means the scales. If you're an athlete and you want to go to the next level, that means drills. And if you want to do this with faith and spirituality, what it means actually is some spiritual disciplines, some spiritual habits, some spiritual rhythms. So over the next four weeks, what I want to do for us is I want to share with you four foundational rhythms, habits, really disciplines, that I think will set the stage for us to see not only what God is doing, but prepare us to join in what God is doing in this year. So I wanna share over the next few weeks, really some grounding practices for each and every one of us. I wanna talk about prayer, I wanna talk about scripture, I wanna talk about worship, and I wanna talk about giving. Four things that we are called to do that will really set the foundation for not only seeing God at work in our lives, but to actually join in his work with our lives. And so today I wanna to talk a little bit about prayer. And then next week, we're going to talk about scripture. How do you read the Bible? How does that become a foundational practice for you? We'll talk about worship and what does that mean to actually offer worship to God and to follow him with that. And then lastly, we'll talk about giving because this is just true. Practicing generosity, it connects you with God because our God is a generous God. So that's what we want to take a look at over the next four weeks. We want to get back to basics to really see what it is God has for us. Because as I said, as I look into 2022, as I've been praying about it, as I've really been seeking to discern what does God have for us, I believe that he has more in store than we've ever thought. I believe that there is new and good things in store for us. I believe that the perseverance and the faithfulness that was shown by so many of you in 2021, that God now has something new in store for us in 2022. But the way that we find it, the way that we actually join with what God is doing is by getting back to basics of prayer, scripture, worship, and giving. And so today, today I want to talk a little bit about prayer. Now, here at Bethany, we often talk about following God requiring three things. We talk about it in terms of up, with, and out. That if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, what you need to do is first to daily connect up with God. You need to be deeply journeying with other people. And then you need to be serving and sacrificing out in the community. That's what we talk about frequently here. And so today what I want to talk about then is prayer, which really is that kind of up portion with God. It's about connecting with him. Because what prayer really is, it's about a conversation with God. It's about listening to him. It's about connecting and communing with him. And prayer can happen in so many different ways. 
It can happen through journaling, through silence, through painting, through creativeness, through art, through all sorts of different ways. Prayer really is a very varied experience with how you can enter into it. But today what I want to talk about then is really prayer. And I want to begin by stating something that I think is quite obvious. Okay? What I want to begin by stating is just this, is that if you're a Christian, I think that you should be praying. I think that you should be daily connecting with Jesus. I think that you should be connecting your spirit with his spirit. I think that you should be praying. And I think that this is not only unquestionably true, I think this is something that's quite obvious. But here's what I want to explore today one layer deeper. And I think when it comes to Christianity, especially church and all of that, sometimes what we do is that we tell people to pray without teaching them the foundation of prayer. That what we do is we call people to pray without really explaining what the foundation of prayer is. And so today, I want to be clear, I do think that you should be praying. But what I want to explore really together with us, one another, is I want to discover the foundation of prayer. I want to discover one small, short verse that has radically altered my prayer life, that is such a beautiful verse, so of full of profound truth, that I believe it will shape and alter your 2022. That I believe that if we get what this verse is talking about, everything can really change. And it's a small verse, it's a short verse, but it is not only the foundation for prayer. I'm actually going to go be, and be, be this bold. I actually believe that it is the foundation of our lives, really. So much of what happens in our lives, this verse, it founds it. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to be exploring Hebrews today in Hebrews 7, exploring one small short verse that I really do believe is the foundation for not only prayer but our lives and that it changes everything. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Hebrews uh, chapter 7. Now, in general, Hebrews is a pretty neglected book. It's actually quite difficult to read. And by that, I mean, it's just not as simple and straightforward as perhaps reading like the Gospels. It's very convoluted. There's lots of different imagery that we are less familiar with. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't pay attention because there are some beautiful scriptural truths that can really ground our lives. And so today, I'm going to read a significant portion of Hebrews to both give you an idea of kind of the writing style and what's going on. But there is one verse, one small, short verse that I think really changes everything when it comes to prayer and even how we might follow Jesus. So I want to begin just reading in verse seven, uh, 15. It says this, that this change was made very clear since a different priest who is like Melchizedek has appeared. Jesus became a priest, not by meeting the physical requirement of belonging to the tribe of Levi, but by the power of a life that cannot be destroyed. And the psalmist pointed this out when he prophesied, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Yes, the old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law never made anything perfect. But now we have confidence in a better hope, through which we draw near to God. That there's something new happening. That's what he's talking about here. And this new system was established with a solemn oath. Aaron's descendants became a priest without such an oath. But there was an oath regarding Jesus. For God said to him, the Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever. Because of this oath, Jesus is the one who guarantees this better covenant with God, this new covenant with God. There were many priests under the old system, for death prevented them from remaining in office. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save all of those who come to God through him. And he lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. He is the kind of high priest we need because he is holy and blameless and unstained by sin. He has been set apart from sinners and has been given the highest place in honor in heaven. Unlike those other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices every day. They did this for their own sins first and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus, Jesus did this once for all, once for all, once for all, when he offered himself as a sacrifice for the people's sins. The law appointed high priests who were limited by human weakness. But after the law was given, God appointed his son with an oath and his son has made me uh, the perfect high priest forever. Now, as I said, 
Hebrews can be a little bit convoluted. There can be a lot of imagery we might not be familiar with of the sacrificial system and the law. And we're going to talk a little bit about next week. But then how do you read the scripture when it might be kind of confusing and difficult and all of that? We're going to talk about how do you read the Bible. But today I want to really focus in on one section and really one verse. I want to read to you the section and just see if you can kind of pick up or notice what do you think I might think is really the foundation of prayer. Right, take a look at this, uh, this section. It says this. There are many priests under the old system, for death prevented them from remaining in office. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him, and he lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Let me read to you again. Just notice with me if there's a, a really important foundational verse there on prayer. It says this, There were many priests under the old system, for death prevented them from remaining in office. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who came, come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. And it's that last verse there that I really believe is the foundation for so much of our lives, but especially for prayer. Listen to what the text says, that Jesus... Right? That Jesus lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. That's what the text says. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. And this, this is really not only the foundation of our prayer, this should be the foundation of our life in 2022. That what this verse is saying, to use more clear language, and this should give you hope, you should say amen to this, this should fill you with encouragement, is that right here and right now, Jesus Christ is praying for you. That's what this verse means is that right here and right now, Jesus Christ is praying for you. He is interceding for you. He is lifting you up in prayer. He is advocating for you. The verse couldn't be clearer. Listen to what the verse says, that Jesus, he lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. That Jesus, he lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. That he lives forever to intercede with God on your behalf. I want... I don't want you to rush past this because I think that this verse is a grounding and a foundational verse. If we're going to get back to basics in prayer and in our lives, what we need to realize is that right now and right here that Jesus Christ is praying for you. Is this not a beautiful thought? That the king of the universe, that the one who died and resurrected, the one who created everything, that right now he is uplifting you in prayer. You are not distant to him. You are not removed from him. He is actually praying for you. This is something I think we need to get grounded in. This is something I think we need to not only live out of, but to really have within our hearts, to remember that right now, Jesus Christ is praying for you. He is interceding on your behalf. And for us to understand this, I think we need to understand a little bit deeper what that word intercession means, where the writer says, he lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. So what is intercession? And what is Jesus interceding for? Well, first, what intercession really is, it's the act of representing someone and asking for something on their behalf. Right? That's what intercession is. It's the act of representing someone and asking for something on their behalf. And then what someone would intercede for biblically is one of two things, or at least two things. Right? And that what someone would intercede for biblically is first for their needs, but then also for forgiveness. That what we see throughout the scriptures, actually, is that when someone intercedes for someone, that what they often do is they'll bring up a need that needs to be met. So to give you an example of this, if someone were to go to the king, interceding to the king on someone else's behalf, they might ask for something that they need permission to do something or for justice. That what intercession is, is where you bring up the needs of someone else to someone that can help. That's what intercession is. 
But then also what intercession is, it is not only bringing up somebody's needs, it's also bringing up um, an area of forgiveness. That what intercession is as well is where you would have a mediator, an advocate, a go-between in essence. And they would come and they would say, would you forgive someone else? And so when the text says so clearly here that Jesus, he lives forever to intercede for you, what this means is that right now, what Jesus Christ is doing is he is raising up your needs. He is raising up the things that you are struggling with. He is raising up all of those on your behalf to God. And he is also praying for your forgiveness and assuring you of your forgiveness. That what this verse reminds us of is that Jesus Christ is both for you and not against you and that he is remembering all the things that you carry, all the burdens, all the weights, all the needs, and that he right now is praying for you. He right now is praying for you. He is praying for you. He is praying for you. And I just think that this is beautiful. I think that this is something we need to learn and to live out of. I just think that this is something that is so desperately needed in our lives to be reminded of. So that when... When you're feeling distant and angry from God, do you want to know what Jesus Christ is doing? He is praying for you. That when you are faithful and following him, do you want to know what Jesus Christ is doing? He is praying for you. When you're unsure and doubting, do you want to know what Jesus Christ is doing? He is praying for you. Listen to what the text says. It says that he forever is interceding on their behalf. That he never stops this. He never gives up on this. That he is always raising your concerns, your needs, where you are at to the Father. This is the ongoing ministry of Christ. I think what has happened so often, I think what has happened so often in the church is that we often rightfully, we often rightfully remember what Christ has done, but then we forget what he is doing, right? That we forget what he is doing. That yes, Jesus did the most amazing, life-changing ministry on earth, but that his ministry is continuing in heaven. In fact, the text actually points at this. The text itself says this, therefore, Jesus is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. And here what the text is talking about is really about what Jesus did, his death and his resurrection, the amazing forgiveness that he was able to pay and to purchase for us. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. That he's really able to save us completely. That's what's going on there in that verse. That he has done this world-changing, life-altering, freedom-giving, you know, sin-breaking work on the cross. But then Jesus' ministry is continuing, actually, that just as when he was walking here on earth, he would pray for people, advocate for people, meet their needs. He is now doing this not just with a few, but with all, with everyone. It says he forever lives to intercede on their behalf. This, this fact that Jesus is praying for you, he is praying for me, he is praying for us, this fact, this fact should give us hope. This should give us hope as we go into 2022, because what we know, what we know is that Jesus is praying for you. So then, you never need to wonder if God is for you or against you because Jesus is praying for you. You never need to wonder if God hears your prayers because guess what? Jesus is praying for you. You never need to wonder if you're good enough for God because Jesus is praying for you. This is what we need to get grounded on to start our year, that Jesus Christ is actively, continually, and in an ongoing way praying for you and praying for me. And this, this is beautiful and this is good news. Because I don't know about you, but for me, for me, sometimes when I come to prayer, this might be shocking to you, but it probably won't shock many of you, um, that sometimes when I come to prayer as a pastor, I don't want to do it. I'm kind of done with it. Sometimes I'm angry and distant and disengaged. Sometimes I come to Jesus and I have all these prayer requests and really all I want to say is like, Jesus, I'm kind of done with all this. You fix this. Like that's sometimes the best that I can muster. What I believe when I started to understand this verse deeper, the beauty in it is that even when I'm angry and indifferent and disengaged, that doesn't change Jesus' posture for me. 
and his posture towards me and his posture towards you is one where he is still continually forever uplifting our prayer requests to God. He is interceding on our behalf. And this is something we need to know. As that as a writer um, of Hebrews puts it, there were many priests under the old system for death preventing them from remaining in office. But Jesus lives forever and his priesthood lasts forever, which means this is never stopping. This is ongoing. This will never be finished. This is going to continually be the activity of Christ on our behalf. He says, therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. And he lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf which means that Jesus is praying for you and he is praying for me. And when we come to prayer, guess what? When we come to prayer, we are actually just praying with the one who is already praying for us. So what does this mean for us today? Well, today, as we start off really kind of kicking into a brand new year, I know that it feels like at least now we're getting back to our regular rhythms and moving forward. And as we start to really look for what is God doing in this year, because God is active, he is moving. What's the new thing that he has already begun? What I want to remind you of is really the foundational exercise of prayer. That if we're going to see God's activity, not only in our lives, but in the lives around us, we need to get grounded in prayer. But the foundation of prayer, the foundation of prayer begins not actually with our activity, not with our initiative, not with our energy. The foundation of prayer is the fact and the biblical truth that Jesus Christ is the one who is always uplifting all we need to God. That he is the one who is always praying for us. And so today, my main point is just this, that the foundation of prayer and our following of Jesus is that Jesus is praying with us and for us. This is our main point. This is what I want you to get grounded in for 2022, that the foundation of prayer and our following of Jesus is the fact that Jesus is praying for us and he is also praying with us, that he lives forever to intercede on God's behalf. Right? This is something we need to learn and this is something we need to trust in because this really does change everything. And so today, today, this is my main point. I want to encourage you with the fact that Jesus Christ is praying for you, wherever you might be at today, with whatever burdens you are carrying, with whatever space you might be in, with whatever worries or anxieties about the future you might have, what we can trust and know in is that Jesus Christ is for you and with you, and he is praying for you right now, and this never ends, this never ceases, this goes on forever. That's what the text says. And this, this should give us hope for 2022. So practically then, Practically, what does this mean for us here today? Well, I have a challenge for all of us. And obviously, as soon as I started talking about prayer, I hope you all kind of like guess this. I'm going to be challenging you to pray this week, okay? to pray every day, to pray more than you've ever prayed before, to really get back to the basics of prayer. But I want to remind you of what the foundation of prayer is, that the foundation of prayer isn't first our energy, it's the fact that Jesus prays for us. That's the foundation of prayer, that Jesus is uplifting us, that he is active towards us. And so as I want to challenge you towards prayer, today I want to give you three questions that I think can help you actually based on this scriptural truth that Jesus is for you and that he is praying for you and he's praying for me. I want to give you three questions that I think can help to shape your prayer life as they've helped to shape mine. And the three questions are just this. Jesus, Jesus, what are you praying for? Jesus, what are you praying for? Jesus, where do I need to trust? And Jesus, where do I need to be grateful? I want to explain what I mean by those three questions. I think they can help us practically as we engage in prayer to really start off and to move forward into 2022. So first of all, the first question is just this. Jesus, what are you praying for? Because if it is true that Jesus is praying for us, and that verse, that verse is so clear, it is so short, it is so obvious in many ways. I think it's one we don't often notice or pick up on. 
And it's actually not the only place where the truth that Jesus is interceding for us is mentioned. It's also mentioned in Romans 8 and in John 1, our first John as well, that Jesus is a part of this uh, activity of prayer towards us. So if it's true that Jesus is praying for us, and I think it is, when we come to prayer, I think we should start actually with this question. I think we should start by asking, okay, Jesus, if you're praying for us, what is it you are praying for me? What is it you're praying for those around us? What is it that you are uplifting and sharing and advocating for? And I think this is the right place to begin, to be asking Jesus, what is it that he is praying for? So that then our prayers and our lives might line up with his prayers. And this has been shaping my prayer life with Jesus. That so often when it comes to praying with God, especially in 2021, where everything was just, it just felt so chaotic and uncertain and a little bit like shaky, right? I would come to God and I would have all of my own junk and I'd just be saying all the things that I wanted him to do, right? Which was generally make this stop, make this easier, that sort of thing. But then as I started to ask that question, Jesus, what are you praying for? It started to shape and to change things. Because sometimes what I notice, sometimes what I notice is that my prayers weren't actually lining up with Jesus's prayers. So I'd be praying, oh God, can you just make this stop and make it go easier? And instead what I'd ask Jesus, what are you praying for? He was praying for strength for me or faithfulness for me. Those are two different things. It started to shape my life. Or sometimes I'd be praying, oh God, can you just help my kids to get along more? I don't know if any parent has ever asked that prayer before. Right? I'd be praying something like that. And instead, when I'd ask Jesus what he's praying for, instead, when he turned towards me, what I sensed in my spirit was that he was praying for me to become more patient and compassionate and wise with my kids. Are right? you seeing some of the difference? I think that when we come towards prayer, it is absolutely appropriate for us to bring any of our needs, concerns, or worries to God. Obviously, we can be like just brutally honest with him. But I also think it is wise for us to stop and ask that question of Jesus, what are you praying for for me? Jesus, what are you praying for for me? Because the text is so clear. Jesus is uplifting you. He's uplifting me. He is constantly interceding for all of us. So we should ask that question, what are you praying for? I think it's a good place to start. Second question then, selling, what are you praying for? Second question then is also, where do I need to trust? Where do I need to trust? This is something I've also been praying a lot in the last little while because this will probably shock or surprise no one, okay? As a person, I like things kind of planned out and regimented. I like rhythms, I like schedules, I like all of that. I think what it is probably like deep down, there's probably a counselor or a therapist who could like get into this more with me, but I think uh, for me, I like having rhythms and all that sort of stuff so I can know what to expect, right? I kind of like knowing the outcome of something before it starts. This gives me a lot of comfort. But then obviously with COVID-19, there wasn't much certainty, there wasn't much uh, ability to know what to expect. And so as I've been coming towards prayer and really focusing in on the fact that Jesus is also praying for me, what I've been noticing is that what I need to do sometimes, what I need to do sometimes is really to give up control and to surrender and to actually ask that question of where do I need to trust in you, Jesus? Where do I need to trust, follow with me, in your prayers, in your activity, in your ministry? Where do I need to simply say, God, I cannot change this or alter any of this. I need to trust in your work. That the fact that Jesus is praying for me and he is praying for you, has altered my prayer life to make sure that one of the questions I always ask is where do I need to trust in Jesus' prayers that he is offering right now in his ministry, in his work, and in his activity? Because I think what is absolutely unequivocally clear in Hebrews is that Jesus is unique and special and that he has done an unmatchable work that can never really be repeated, right? That it is uh, unique and superior work. This is what the author of Hebrews wants to get at. Listen to this text again. It says, There are many priests under the old system, for death prevented them from remaining in office. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. That he is the one who does the work. 
He is the one who changes everything. He is the one who ministers and raises up and really has altered everything. So when it comes to prayer then, what I've just really been learning is that I need to learn to trust in his work, to trust in his ministry, to trust in his activity, and to ask that question to him. Okay, Jesus, if you're praying for me in the world around me, okay, where do I need to trust? Where do I need to trust? Where do I need to trust? And then thirdly, the question I've really been asking a lot is where do I need to be grateful? Where do I need to be thankful? Where do I need to just say, thank you, Jesus? Because what I've been noticing in my own life, and I won't speak for yours, but I will speak for mine, is that I have a tendency to not give Jesus very much credit. I don't know if you ever have this experience. That I'm so quick, I think in many ways, especially over the last year and all the junk of the last year, I'm so quick actually to you know, blame Jesus for what goes wrong, but then not to give him any credit for what goes right. So what I've been noticing in my own life, though, that if it is true that Jesus is praying for us, and I believe that this is unquestionably true, right? if it's true that Jesus is praying for us, then what we should expect is we should expect to see some of the results of his prayer in our lives. We should expect to see some of the activity of his prayer in our lives. We should expect to see some of the ministry of his prayer in our lives. And so, as I said, so often I can be quick to dismiss his work, but now, now when little things go right, I actually give this over to God as a reason for the fact that it's gone well because he is praying. Like, why would I not give him that credit? Why would I not thank him for his activity in things? So when a meeting goes well, now I just don't chalk it up to coincidence. I say, thank you, Jesus, for praying. So when things go well with my kids and there's just, have a great day, I say, thank you, Jesus, for praying. When there is, um, even today, I ran into a neighbor that I was hoping to see, and I didn't then just chalk this up to coincidence. I said, thank you, Jesus, for praying for me. That when it comes to prayer, knowing the fact that Jesus is praying for me and he's praying for you should cause us to look for the answers that he has given to us, for his activity in our lives. But then as we look for his activity in our lives, we should be quick to say thank you, to be grateful for what he is doing. So one of the questions that's been shaping my prayer life is just this, what do I need to be grateful for, Jesus? How have you been working? What are some of the answers to prayers that I'm seeing? How have you been ministering in my life? So what do I need to be grateful for? So what's my challenge then this week? My challenge as we kind of really start off 2022 is for you to make prayer a focus this week, praying with Jesus who's praying for you. That's my challenge. As we start off 2022, just make prayer a focus this week, praying with Jesus, the one who is praying for you. I want to invite you to challenge you to pray every day. Pray every day. And what do you pray through? Pray through those three questions of God. Jesus, what are you praying for in my life? Ask him, where do you need to trust? Ask him, where should I be giving thanks? Right, use these questions to actually form your prayer life and to shape them. But I want to challenge you to start off this year really with prayer as the foundation, with prayer as the essential component, as prayer is the real thing that we build off of. Because what is true for your life and what is true for mine is that Jesus Christ is praying for you and he is praying for me. This should give us hope. So whenever we come to prayer, we are not praying alone. We are praying with Jesus who is already praying for us. This is what we should live into this year. So I want to invite you to make prayer that focus and then to ask those questions of Jesus, what are you praying for? What should I be grateful for and where do I need to trust? I believe that prayer is foundational to all that we do. And if we are going to move into 2022, truly seeing that new work that God is doing, right, that Isaiah prophesied and promised, that new thing that God has started, this will not happen without prayer being the foundation. But the beautiful foundation of prayer is that it does not begin with us. It begins with Jesus Christ who is praying both with us and for us. So may you trust in that and may you rest in that and may you live out of that. And so with that, would you join with me in prayer? God, I ask, I ask, Lord, might this truth of Scripture that you are forever interceding on our behalf, might this go down deeply into our hearts, minds, souls, and spirits, might we live out of this? God, we are so grateful that you are praying for us. 
And so today, Lord, as we come towards prayer, we want to acknowledge the fact that you right now are praying for each and every one of us. And we are so grateful for that. Might we continue to join with you in prayer this week? Might we ask those questions of what are you praying for us? Might we live in line with your prayers that you have for us, Jesus? And so today, God, we want to give you thanks. Give you thanks for your intercession, for your prayer, for your advocacy for us, for bringing all of our needs forward, all the ones we know and even the ones we don't know, that you are praying for us continually. So today, God, we give you thanks for that. And we ask, might we join with you in prayer this week? And we pray this all in the wonderful name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.